You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. rom-com tropes one of the most fun is the two people who would never ever be together are forced to pretend that they're in a romance for one reason or another it's a tried and true formula for film and television the proposal is a uh, you know one of recent here you see it on tv shows all the time but Earlier this year, we did have a much more high-profile theatrically released Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Here, we have Hulu's much smaller, albeit more charming, The Valet, starring Eugenio Derbez and Samara Weaving. Antonio Flores is a humble valet living with his mother. He is separated from his wife, Isabel, and shares custody of their teenage son. Meanwhile, actress Olivia Allen is one of the biggest stars on the planet, and she is having an affair with a city developer and married man, billionaire Vincent Royce, played by Max Greenfield, doing a very good Schmidt. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that guy, isn't it? One night when Olivia is getting into her Uber with Vincent standing next to her, Antonio crashes his bike into the car. The three are photographed together by paparazzi, sparking rumors that Olivia and Vincent are having an affair. Fearing he will lose his company if his wife Catherine divorces him, Vincent comes up with a plan to have Olivia and Antonio pretend to be a couple. Olivia accepts because she wants to avoid bad press before the premiere of her new movie, Earhart. Antonio humbly requests $12,850 to pay for Isabel's debts. Antonio and Olivia begin a fraud romance that grows into a true friendship, but not everyone falls for their ploy. Catherine hires a private investigator to tail them. Culture clash, comedy ensues. I am TC Dewitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by fellow romantics, Rose. Hello, hello. And Frank. Hello, I'm such a romantic. Can't stand it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we keep getting rom-coms that sneak on into my radar, and I end up signing up for them because I am a sucker for rom-coms as well. Though I can be pretty hard on them when they suck. Did this one suck? Let us discuss. What did you two think? Uh, I was very charmed by this. It, it felt like a movie. It, it, the pitch of it initially, you know, like something straight out of 2005, but <laughs> they handled it with a lot more tact, I guess, than a movie back then would have been with this exact same premise and cast and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was really cute. It, it kept me hooked through pretty much most of it. It, it drags just a little bit almost towards the end but for the most part i was pleasantly surprised by this um i ultimately liked it okay. but i think <laughs> do i leave the long pause in to leave the audience anticipating <laughs> your feelings i ultimately liked this i think i liked it more as it went on mm-hmm. i think the, the part that that might have dragged that's when i actually really started to get into it you know because in, in comedies you know that it's hard with characters to actually make them feel like characters because so often oftentimes they'll get lost in the laughs mm-hmm. or in in the jokes 
I think it wasn't until the, the second half when I started to look at these two main people as people. And I really liked that. I you, you mentioned it about like people who have no reason to be paired together as being a common theme. And I, I, I love that, not just in comedy. I love that just in general. Mm-hmm. It's like a mirror that they that, that the other person never had or something. I'm explaining it horribly. <laughs> but <laughs> to see what the grass is like on the other side, is it truly greener yeah. to walk a mile in another person's shoes? Because these are two people that on the surface would just be judged to the ends of the earth because we're Americans. We judge. We suck. (laughs) I love that they really played into their stereotypes, the stereotypes that people would genuinely attach to them. And they really made them confront them in the second half. There's that scene when they're both reading each other in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love those moments. I didn't think it was funny. Really? I thought this was very funny. I smiled a few times. I got a few out loud laughs. I didn't have any laughs. And the thing is, Eugenio Devarez, he can, like, this is his movie. He produced this. He's, he's produced most of his vehicles. Mm-hmm. Stuff like, what's that one that he did? How to Be a Latin, Lover. Be a Latin Lover. I thought it had, it like, some really great madcap humor in there. This one I thought was, was was largely devoid of it. Where I think this thrives is from the script up because there's not a single character in here that feels unnecessary. Every little no. character in this has a moment, yeah. has a joke, has a bit of a story arc going on. I mentioned to Rose before we started rolling, two characters started playing Minecraft together. That's a fun <laughs> little, just tiny little arc. All all of them do, except for the Greenfield character who's just written as a one-dimensional villain. Well, evil white man, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> He's not that interesting anyways. Where this movie saves itself, it's in his characters. Because it really does take some time to say, hey, let's talk about who these two people are beyond the images that everybody attaches to them in everyday life. Yeah, and I mean, how charming was our lead, too? Like, he just plays such a (laughs) nice, like, genuinely nice person. It's almost unbelievable how how charming he was in his milquetoastness. It just... Mm-hmm. Oh my God! You can you can see <laughs> he's why. Just sweet. He's yeah, just sweet. he's just the sweetest thing in the world. He, there's not a mean bone in his body. He's an honorable no. man. He's a, a decent, like just modest person. It's wow. The humility <laughs> is on full display when he goes to a fancy restaurant with Samara Weaving's character and wants to order a burger. Do you not have burgers here? Yeah, we can do a burger for you. How do you want it cooked? <laughs> right, but what do you want? Yeah. Like, how do you want? On a bun, lettuce, yeah. ketchup, just give me a burger. And very sweet. Like, I'm even putting a little more edge to it than it was. It was just this very humble, sweet, like, I, I just want a burger. See, that's also some of the things that I'm like, come on, Eugenio. I know you had a hand in this script. Okay. You know, Hispanics know that well done is a thing. And you, <laughs> I know that you know that well done is a thing. Okay. And that just, maybe it's my, my Latin background, like, just like eye rolling and thinking, come on. Don't do that. Uh. Don't do that. <laughs> I thought it was very telling of his character that he was so simple or lived his life so simply well it sort of changes his character because it makes him look doesn't make him look simple it makes him look stupid from my perspective i can see that i see i see i took it as humble rather than stupid yeah. and there's a few of those moments where it's just like you, you gotta sh- show us better than that but then there were <laughs> other honest moments like there's a scene with um with max greenfield's lawyer a reveal with that character mm-hmm. later on which really really hit home and i thought oh I like this. I think that this is a real moment in this film. And I'm loving that it's doing this right now, especially with with that landscape, the L.A. landscape and how vast it is. Yeah. This put on display Los Angeles really well. I love out here. As soon as it Mm -hmm. started, I was like, this feels like Los Angeles. It divided the city really well where we see the lower class Mexican neighborhoods, the Korean neighborhoods mixing with the Mexican neighborhoods, and the ritzy, upper class, douchey Beverly Hills style, <laughs> comedically believably. 
Yeah. yeah, I agree. I love I agree. his mom in this. She's oh a sister yes. character. Holy and her God. and her and her romance with this man who and they can't communicate at all. Uh, they they speak one language. <laughs> the universal language. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's just it's it's that's so tender. Uh, every time she wanted to talk about her romantic sexual relationship with Mr. Kim, Antonio would just go, Mom, 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 Mom. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, that was so, something else really nice is that the two of them, even though he was, you know, a little more squicked out about it than she was, both just accepting that we're both adults, we both have sexual lives, you know, whatever. So yeah, he would go, Ma, but at yeah. the same time, you're feeling, <laughs> get the feeling from him that he's like, you know what, good for her. And when yeah. she talks to him yeah. about his, just remember to close the door, the walls are thin. He's not embarrassed <laughs> yeah. or anything. He's just like, yep, got it. <laughs> hey, Mom. And they build on those jokes nicely with the lack of interpretation or the lost in translation mm -hmm. where... Mother talks Spanish to Mr. Kim. Mr. Kim speaks Korean to his granddaughter, and she just looks at them both and goes, I don't know what either one of you are saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie is, like, loaded with cute moments. I mean, yes. there's that scene where it's with uh, Samara Weaving when she's watching a movie, one of her movies with his mother in Spanish. And what she say? She's like, I... I cooler in Spanish. She, she says, I think I'm sexier in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, there it is. And there, there is some <laughs> clever touches in the comedy. I will give it that. Like, it's subtle touches, like, like the fact that size two Samara weaving is like taped to death no, <laughs> underneath that dress. I love it's that like, his wow to that wasn't so much as, wow, you took your clothes off in front of me. It was wow. Like Jesus, how do you get it? That's what's <laughs> under all this. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed their relationship because this is two mm -hmm. people from different sides of the track. And it is yeah. that they have no right to even speak to each other or would mm -hmm. they ever speak to each other? And they touch on those cultural issues. You don't look a valet in the eye. One character walks right past Antonio after having a full confrontation with him mm -hmm. and does not even see him. And that just, yeah. that bit of culture and commentary on that aspect of this world is nice. It's handled well, yeah. and it's cute. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. And yeah. Samara Weaving, since you brought her up, why not, she's the star of this, right? She is mm -hmm. so damn funny. <laughs> I think of see her in Ready or Not, and mm -hmm. now in this, I've seen her in a couple other things. She's great, and she feels like one of those actresses that would be forced upon us as moviegoers, but I don't feel yeah. like she has been. I feel like she no. has chosen her projects wisely yeah. and is showing and her skill. Wisely, you're you're absolutely right about that, and she can even like lift up Drek like ryan murphy's hollywood which is <laughs> she's done so much good work already so i'm at the point where like oh tomorrow weaving's in this yeah okay yeah, yeah same great yeah i yeah. feel like she's one movie away from truly blowing up like margot robbie possibly well it's interesting to me frank that you would say this wasn't funny and then we find all these little cute moments as just in this discussion here because it's there was cute. a few moments i genuinely laughed out loud at this thing which I don't normally do when watching a movie alone. I usually nod and smile like, hmm, yes, I am oh, amused. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's something about the energy of people around you that are also in a really, like, you know, playful mood, and that just, you know, brings laughter out of you. Yeah, it's very, when I, whenever I do watch a comedy by myself and I do find myself laughing out loud, I, I catch myself laughing out like, oh, that happened. <laughs> hey, I laughed out loud. I would have loved to have seen this in the theaters. I think this is yeah. good enough to have been in theaters. I think so, too. Yeah. One of my favorite theater moments from no way home was the filipino being spoken by ned's grandmother there were people in the audience who understood it so before ned could translate they were laughing at the jokes <laughs> and oh, right. Right. this is a bilingual movie you have the yeah. spanish and you mm -hmm. have the english and i would love to have watched this with 
an audience who understood the language without having to read the subtitles and truly appreciating the direct translation, the actual jokes being told to my basic white man face. <laughs> I found really like really hilarious, probably because, you know, I, I come from a Hispanic family, like back in South Texas. And so like their interactions and their chemistry together, especially with his brother-in-law and sister. Yes. <laughs> He's Puerto Rican, not Mexican. So they don't like him. <laughs> I mean, that all was like straight from any like yeah. background kitchen table mm -hmm. in a way. And that was like, oh, can't wait for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it felt very authentic because my, my boyfriend's family is a uh, Mexican American and I've, I've been around them for a couple of big family gatherings. And yeah, it just it felt yeah, right. exactly like that it's like wow this is very sweet yeah mm -hmm. and my brother-in-law's hispanic as well so i've been adopted into his family for family <laughs> gatherings and it very much was like this. oh like, yeah there's 50 people here and everyone's making me eat things and i'm cool with it and yeah. it's beautiful let's dance let's dance yeah well, i love when she finally <laughs> ate when she finally ate she's that like, was pretty yeah. neat <laughs> this is oh delicious God, it's good yeah <laughs> well talking about this being in theaters or not i mean this this is the kind of rom-com that used to go to theaters and i would wager that if this one did if we just you know kept doing that in lieu of everything needed to be a billion dollar franchise led blockbuster this probably mm -hmm. would have made decent money because it's it's really not a bad movie like we we no. really need movies like this back in theaters on the regular because yeah. obviously they can still be made very well i know rom-com has become like a, a dirty word in the past 15 20 plus years whatever but it doesn't have to be nope well, why don't you fold that into some final thoughts, Rose? Rom-coms have always been kind of hit or miss for me, not because I'm automatically opposed to the format. It's just, I don't know, it just doesn't always really resonate with me. But this one did. I, I was hooked in right from the beginning, right when we got those few establishing moments of really just who our character is and how he even gets to have a little bit of fun with, you know, his station in life. Like we first see him driving a sick-ass Lamborghini or whatever it was, and he just pulls up against an actual rich guy. Oh, what do you think about the Q4s? Oh, I like the R5s. It has a better turn radius. And then he goes to work, yeah, and yeah. it's it's hilarious. Yeah, this this was a lovely, very charming little movie that I honestly wouldn't mind watching again at some point. Great acting all around, very heartfelt writing that comes from a place of genuineness that you can tell and from experience as well. Yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about it. The only, if I had to say something, you know, detrimental about it would be the length because they... Two hours. You can tell they wanted to, certain plot threads to go certain places in order to be wrapped up and not just, you know, left hanging. And it veers off the main path for just a little bit to get those going to where they can be wrapped up. And it, it adds like an extra, I don't know, what, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes to the movie that you feel every bit of. Mm -hmm. it, it's not to say bad things happen during that time. It's just maybe a couple minutes could have been chopped out of each of them, you know. Aside from that, no, it was it was a great little movie, and I think I'm gonna give it seven and a half, probably closer to eight uh, boxes of Junior Mints. Ah, uh, <laughs> Frank. Yeah, I was actually checking the time, and I hate doing that. I don't check times. I I I love the two and a half hour movie. I don't check times. I was <sighs> checking the time with this one until the second half. The it's it stopped being what felt like easy jokes and started being about the people that we were watching. And that's when I really became involved. The, the the core theme of this film, I don't know if it's a theme, but it's something that relates to both characters. It's something about feeling that you don't deserve necessarily the best, but feeling that you should deserve something better, at least. And I think that's something that really applies to both characters, since 
I think in essence, they've each sort of succumbed to the stereotypes that society has sort of like thrown onto them. They've both sort of given in to them in, in a way. That really took this movie a long way for me. It, it's cute and it is charming. I didn't laugh out loud. I enjoyed myself all the way through. I did. I wouldn't call this fluff because I think that there is a deeper message here. And it's a, it's a message that, that doesn't feel preachy, which is so refreshing. And I think the ending, the ending is really, really sweet. It may be a fantasy. It, it may be a fantasy ending. But if that's, if that's the only place that we can have like that kind of situation like that happen. And I'm just going to enjoy it for as long as it's playing out in front of me, even if it is a fantasy. You know, apart from the comedy and sort of the easy jokes, I got really no complaints about it Also, I'm just going to give this... Seven and a half out of ten old movie stars diaries that you just somehow get and you're gonna give away as a <laughs> birthday present because that's easy to procure. Okay. Belongs in a museum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Give it as a birthday gift to your mistress. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I thought it was so sweet. I think Derbez and Weaving have awesome chemistry together and oh boy, it's yeah. just sweet and cute and funny and there's so many little jokes and i think from script to screen i love seeing that i love when comedies take themselves seriously that they don't really just go for the lowest of hanging fruits as simple as transition driving in a standard comedy you get a second unit out there shoot some b-roll of a car from a distance set to a pop song and you get from point a to point b <laughs> go from the edgar wright school of thought make a story out of it he gets on his bike from the valet station and rides home and through that we are introduced through the background to every single character we're going to meet in the course of the film that shows that these filmmakers gave a shit about the story that they were telling that they weren't just out there to tell a cheap comedy Right, They had something to say, and they said it with cinema. Great production design, great performances, great scripts. I'll echo, Rose, this does feel a little bit long. When I saw that over two-hour timestamp when I started this, I thought, oh, what? Yeah. I did too. What is this, I, an Appetow movie? This Get movie? out of here. <laughs> well, this, despite it being that two-hour mark and getting that little slowdown near the third act, it picks right back up, and it does land a very sweet and kind and humble ending as much as sweet and kind and humble as our main character is. So I'm going to give this an eight out of 10. Um, can, uh, can I get a refill on water, please? Yeah, me too. Can I get a refill on water? 